the best way to predict the future is to invent it. Stephen Ambrose brings you up to speed on what the future holds as he explores the latest technology as it impacts our lives. Well, good morning and welcome to Tech Talk right here on High FM. And guess what? I'm doing it virtually via Skype because, uh, you know, social distancing and whatnot. And uh, we're doing our bit to try to keep things under control. Well, listen, on that note, it's impossible to ignore the environment we're working and living in at the moment. I returned from Europe a couple of weeks ago, and there's real panic in the air. South Africa now, as everybody knows, has implemented fairly harsh and strict um, rules around gathering. You can't go to the pub or the club or the bar or the shabin. For those of you that regularly uh, visit shabins in the evening, no more of that. They have to close at six. And if the restaurants are open, no more than 50 people at a time. But guys, I think we all need to take a deep breath, uh, realize that this is quite a serious problem. However, it's only serious if all of us get sick at the same time. So the whole idea behind this is to keep us healthy so that should those that get sick need hospitalization or care, they will get the care that they need and deserve. So be responsible. Use technology. As I said on the Tuesday um, drive show, we need to turn to our gadgets to keep us happy over the next couple of weeks, months, until this whole uh, thing has blown over. And there is a lot going on in the tech world. There's just no question that um, tech will actually make our lives a lot easier. And in the Tech Talk Cafe segment, no guests for the moment, no interviews for the moment. But what I'm going to discuss is how you can work from home, how you can keep yourself entertained at home, and should you have to not go to the office and not do what you normally do, how just to put a little bit of structure in your life, again, using all the tools and the technologies and the connectivity, a couple of hints and tips around that. But I think before we even get there, it was just very interesting to see that at all level, um, everyone's climbing on this whole coronavirus thing. And Incasa has called for free data to everybody to help, to help combat the virus. Well, my first um, thoughts around that is, come on, guys, you know, that's just taking a chance. It doesn't make much sense to start handing out free data just because of coronavirus. And then when you actually think about it and you start thinking about the impact that it has, the Internet has become the great communication and tool of not only communication, but it's become one of the greatest tools of modern society. And if for whatever reason, you cannot get out, see people, go to your regular shops, do what you need to do, then the Internet becomes actually a vital way of staying connected, staying um, part of society, managing all the stuff that you need to do on a day-to-day -day basis. And what's going to be really, really interesting over the next little while and what's going to become quite significant for all of us as we move into this era of craziness, which is going to unfold over the next couple of months, is that we are going to have to find new ways of doing pretty much everything. We're going to have to find low-touch, highly efficient methods of getting our work done, getting our pills, bills paid, picking up our pills from the pharmacy, etc., etc. And communication is one of those things. So perhaps ICASA really hasn't got um, got this wrong. I think they do need to bring certain allowances. And what is interesting is that already um, some of those things are in place. As of last week, Vodacom 
have dropped the price of their data bundles by around about 30%, depending on where the bundles um, are. And we'll talk about that in a few secs straight after this quick break. This is Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose on 101.9 High FM. Well, welcome back. And just to give a little bit of context around why Vodacom dropped their prices, earlier this year, or actually late last year, the Competition Commission brought out a report that found that data was way overpriced and the networks have to do something. In fact, they recommended they give away free data, slosh, slash their data prices by 50%, and that had to be done by the end of January, no, end of February. Well, I think they got an extension till the end of March, and they announced towards the end of March that Vodacom and the Competition Commission had come to an arrangement. The same or similar arrangement will will probably come from MTN in the next short while, but Vodacom will be dropping the price of their data bundles from by 30% from April 1. So a 149 Rand data bundle will drop down to 99 Rand. Though again, some people have been getting those prices anyway. And they will be doing a lot more, which they weren't prepared to disclose until they go to market with them with regard to the smaller prepaid bundles. So all of that will help. But what ICASA were asking for today is easy and free or affordable access to data. It didn't exactly say what, but what ICASA did do, which is significant and which may actually make a huge difference, is that they may allow access to radio frequency spectrum that um, – is not been available yet. And the networks have been screaming and going on about the fact that the reason why data hasn't fallen is that they have not been issued any new spectrum for years and years and years. In fact, some of the networks haven't had additional spectrum since uh, mobile came out, or certainly for the last 10, 15 years. And in the last 10, 15 years, the need for spectrum for data has grown more than exponentially. The amount of data being transmitted in fact, is becoming the single biggest line item on the balance sheets of pretty much any mobile communications company in the world. So data is a huge thing. In order to get low-speed or low-cost data, you need a lot of elements. Obviously, you know, the networks and the companies need to figure out a way to make money. But at the same time, the, the march of technology, 3G to 4G to 5G, has brought challenges around spectrum which is what you need. That's the radio frequencies they need in order to transmit all this data across the air. So I expect to see some really interesting um, changes coming up in the next month or two. The COVID, and this is a positive thing, the COVID-19 uh, uh, crisis has definitely spurred everybody to look very carefully at their various um, business processes and needs. And there's just no question that all of us need some form of uh, data at some point, and especially if you're going to be confined to your homes for whatever reason, if there's any form of quarantine. And more and more now for the elderly, for those that are at highest risk of of contracting and getting ill around the coronavirus, those people will need some method of communication, some means to, to do what they need to do in a day, um, maybe a bit of entertainment. Again, we'll discuss all that in a little while, but it becomes really critical that it's affordable, it's accessible and it's available to all. So expect a lot of a lot of changes around that space. I do believe that all the companies in the in the telecommunications space are going to be doing their share. Telcom have already announced a big, and I'll talk about that in a few minutes, uh, a big change to their free packages, offering more data, more access to uh, websites and information sites at no cost. 
Telcom have done, uh, Vodacom have done the same thing. MTN are doing pretty much the same thing. So access to all the government sites around coronavirus is log on to the data system or to the data network via your mobile phone. If you go to those websites, you will find that you have immediate and free access. Um, I'm just trying to find them so that I can list a couple of them, but I'll do that in a, in a short while. But there are a number of uh, education sites have been zero rated. So if you want to pick up on any educational work, especially for kids and university students who, who really need to stay on top of things while we take this little break and they're not at varsity or not at school, a lot of educational sites and a lot of university and TVET and college sites have been zero rated across the various networks. And that again will bring a lot of, um, a lot of benefit and a lot of, uh, connectivity to those that really can't afford it. Now, before we move on, uh, I just wanted to mention something and this affects all of us. It may not sound like it will because who amongst our erudite listeners spreads fake news, but this is where it gets super, super interesting. The government under the emergency powers have set, have announced that if under the, well, they call the Disaster Management Act regulations, but according to these regulations, and it was published in the Government Gazette yesterday, anyone who creates or spreads fake news about COVID-19 can be prosecuted. And that it, it actually applies to both the creators of the news, and here's where it gets really interesting. It also applies to those who spread this news through social media and any other channel. They've left it super broad. And we've all done this at some point, and I cannot begin to caution everybody even more. When you go onto Facebook and you see this alarming thing about um, COVID-19 and about the coronavirus or whatever it is, and you think, oh, I need to share this with my friends or family or whatever, please don't do it doesn't matter how important it looks. doesn't matter how legitimate it looks. It doesn't matter how critical you think it may be. Do not repost, retweet, reuse any information that you see online. There are so many official sites from every government around the world, by every uh, health authority around the world, by noted journals, the Wall Street Journal, by the, the, the various um, reputable and accredited media houses. They certainly don't need your help to spread any information to anybody for any reason. And the danger now, it's not just casual spreading of news, is that that little important tidbit or nugget of information that you just felt you had to share on your Facebook feed um, with your friends and family and all the people you care about is fake news and you can be prosecuted for that. You didn't create it. You have no knowledge of whether it was true or not true. And you just simply disseminated it or repeated it or retweeted it or reissued it to all your friends and family. That would make you liable to six months in jail or prosecution for spreading fake news. So don't do anything. That's the only thing I can say. Do not spread any fake news to anybody or any news to anybody for any reason. You can read what comes on your feed. You can read the newspapers. Do not share. And I, I'm, I've been guilty of it. Everybody I know has sent me articles, even in jest, not even jokes. The, 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 the answer now on, on anything to do with coronavirus is do nothing. Read, stay informed, go to the official websites, 
as I said, a ton of them are free. You don't pay for data to go there. And stick to the official websites regarding government and health agencies and noted discovery. People that you know are trustworthy and only read advice there. Do not share it. Do not spread it. Do not comment on it. Do nothing with anything that appears because it's one, a criminal offense. And two, it's absolutely, completely and utterly unnecessary. And it could have terrible effects on you. So don't do it. Just stay informed, but don't try to inform anyone else unless you're a noted expert in the field. And uh, that's the, the, the little warning for the show. We'll be back with How to Survive at Home in my Tech Talk Cafe seg- segment straight after this. This is Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose on 101.9 High FM. Well, welcome back. And on that somewhat somber note of warning people, please, please, please don't retweet or, or send any email. The reality of this um, pandemic that is sweeping across the world and the actions that are being taken, I mean, as of Tuesday night, the entire uh, Schengen EU Eurozone is on lockdown. No flights, no people in unless you're a citizen and then under very strict quarantine. Um, and no people out because a lot of airlines have disrupted their travel. There's no point in flying empty planes simply because they're scheduled. So it's been a really fraught couple of days for most people, and it's going to probably get more and more fraught. South Africa is following pretty much in the European um, guidelines of social distancing, trying to control the spread of the virus. And all of us have been advised, like I'm doing now, is to work from home. Obviously, the wheels of commerce must be turning Obviously, businesses must continue with what they do, and all of us must get on with our, our daily lives. Schools have been suspended. Um, kids are at home. Parents are and should do so, so those at the office can spread themselves out and do the work that they need to do without coming into too much contact with anyone else, which is great. So it's still unfortunate. It takes a lot of work to get yourself into the homework mode and the space because the distractions of the TV is there, the couch is hanging about, um, the coffee machine or the coffee is, is available, and it just takes a lot of discipline. Obviously, if you have um, a, a space that you can dedicate towards a home office, that is absolutely prize number one. If you have to repurpose a spare bedroom, find a corner, nook, a cranny, somewhere where you can be somewhat isolated from the normal day-to-day stuff going on at home and set up a, a, a workstation. It's really important to set up your own workstation at home. If you need assistance from your company's IT department, get them on the phone, let them talk you through it. Um, perhaps even come in, uh, you know, you, you don't let them interact with anyone in the house, but come in and connect up all your gear, all your technology, um, and set it up. But away from your general, you sort of take the dining room, kick everyone out into the kitchen, look to eat. The dining room can become your, your office. One of the hardest things that I learned working from home for many years is that you have to separate your routine from the normal routine um, of the of the house. So you have to walk into a different area. You have to sit down at a desk that's set up for the work, whether it's a, a chair, a computer, whatever it is. So once your workstation's set up, get a printer from the office if you need it. Otherwise, just email everything to wherever you need to go. But maintain your routine. If you start work at 8, you sit down at your desk at 8. 
you have a little quick break for tea, you have your quick break, you take your lunches, and at five o'clock, you do exactly what you should do as normal. You get up from your desk, you get up from your workstation, you close the door to your office and get back into normal um, normal life. The other thing, obviously, is you need a couple of new tools to communicate because most of us are used to Skype, and Skype is probably one of the most ubiquitous and easiest go-to product out there. Everybody that I know has got a Skype and has been using Skype. The benefit of Skype is that it's pretty much free. It comes with – you get lots of uh, – of minutes if you've got an Office 365 subscription. So as a ubiquitous go-to, e- easy-to-use computer or office-based uh, internet streaming service, um, Skype is probably the absolute go-to. You can have, um, you can set up Skype groups. You can do all sorts of interesting calls. If you need something a bit more uh, robust and a little bit more businessy and perhaps global. Then the two that I've been using and I've found to be extremely useful, the one is called Zoom and the other one is Teams from Microsoft. Now, both Zoom and Teams have made their premier product available for free for the next couple of months, which gives you all the benefit of having an office industrial-grade meeting system that works with video presentation tools all over the world in lots and lots of countries and companies. And I must say the quality of the picture, voice, the collaboration, with particular uh, spreadsheets and everything that you need to do is is excellent and it works extremely well. Now, here's what's interesting. If, for example, your computer or your laptop doesn't have uh, a camera or the camera is really old or low quality and you don't want to use that, all of the above have apps that can work on any smartphone anywhere. And the smartphone front selfie cameras are excellent for this type of thing. They work brilliantly for um Zoom, they work brilliantly for Skype and Teams, and also built into every Android uh, phone is Google Duo, which is a very good video conferencing uh, app and works, the quality is great, and it's certainly ubiquitous across most people who have an Android phone. You can download it onto uh, iPhones should you need it, but iPhone, of course, comes with iMessage and, and FaceTime, which is also a great way of staying in touch with your office workers and whatever. And you can set up these type of video conferences with your, your work colleagues. And in fact, you can get a, pretty much 99% of everything that you would want done in a day um, to do this. So it really isn't, you know, before you used to pop into the office, sit down and have a chat. Well, just pop into their computer, sit down and have a chat. Carry on with the normal day-to-day work. The vast majority of work tends to be um desk-based, computer-based. So all of that, it makes no difference whether you're sitting in your office, in your, your, your office park or at your work, or you're sitting at home. The prerequisites of that obviously is connectivity. And that is where we may all start running into trouble because one can't go out tonight, at night to the pubs. You can't do a lot of stuff. So you're going to probably Netflix and chill or watch TV far more than you ever did. And even on standard definition, using your internet to watch Netflix or Showmax or whatever other programs that you are watching does eat quite a lot of data. So you really do need to be very careful and have a look at that. I would obviously try to find a a low-cost, uncapped data and ask your office or your employer to assist because for the next couple of months, you are going to be using your home internet 
for a lot of business work. So obviously speak to your employer, speak to your boss, speak to your IT department and say, guys, I'm going to be using my phone, my internet connection at home um, for, for work. I need some sort of upgrade to my package or some interim uh, financial assistance to get the necessary data that I, I need to one, stay sane and two, do the work that I do. The stay sane part is Netflixing and chilling in the evening so that you can ignore all the madness out there, watch some, some, some escapism and then get back to work the next morning, fresh and ready after your quick run around the garden and breakfast and your short commute to the office, which happens to be in your backyard or somewhere else. So all of that is really important. The other challenge that we're going to have in South Africa, which is somewhat unique in the context of, of, of the global scenario, first world scenario for that matter, is power. Power is going to be a challenge, and we're all going to have bouts over the next two, three months of load shedding. Luckily, it seems uh, ESCOM have got it under control for now, and we're having very low or no load shedding for the past couple of days. So that's all great, but unfortunately, I don't believe we can count on that. I think very importantly, depending on the type of, of job, the type of role, the type of work that you do. I think it's also very, very important to have and to discuss again with your office and with your employer the need for a form of UPS backup setup or something that will keep your connectivity up and running for the period that there is no power and your laptop and a screen and possibly, but not always important, a printer going for those of you that need to do that sort of stuff. But I would again Relook at your business processes. Try to figure out a way to do very low quantities of anything physical whatsoever. So if you need to print a document, uh, you need, you can do it virtually online. Microsoft Office allows you to sign documents online. A lot of phones have the same sort of apps. You can do it with Adobe on your phone. Um, you can do it with Adobe on your computer. You don't have to buy fancy programs to do it, but you can sign documents. You can email them virtually to wherever you need to go. There's pretty much nothing that you can't do. Prepare, complete, you know, uh, print virtually into a PDF or into a format that is easy to, to disseminate to various people. You can get them to sign online, accept online. It's just finally technology has shown that with a little bit of thought, a little bit of care, and a little bit of change in the way that you work, um, you can absolutely pick up and do whatever you need to do with very little disruption. And I think that is critical because really in this time, in this stage of where we are, we're in South Africa is already in a little bit of a recession. It is critical that all businesses look, look deep and hard at how they work, why they do what they do. And literally, re-engineer their processes to allow the most efficient and most technically um, advanced ways of doing what you do. It's so, so important. And one other thought, and this is something that I've implemented where, you know, with the people that I work, is that sometimes you need to set up just a chat room so that you can communicate um, and just chat about things. Because the other real problem with social distancing is simply the lack of human contact, people that you confide in at work, people that you discuss matters with, friends and family who generally pop over and you have a good little chat about this and that, they won't be able to do that. So 
use the technology once again to set up WhatsApp groups, to set up little Skype groups, Zoom groups, to simply have a cup of tea together. Go fetch yourself a cup of tea, sit down, and just chat about your day, chat about this and that. I mean, this is the tech show, but I'm giving psychological advice, but we're doing it using technology. And just take a break. Take a break um, from work and the madness of the day, which will continue because people will be phoning you and things will be going on, and just do your usual. The other real thing that technology allows you, there are a number of apps, BodBot being one of them, but um, Adidas, Nike, all of them have got apps that allow you to set up training programs at home using books, bottles of milk, whatever. You don't have to go to the gym. You don't have to really push yourself hard. You can very simply... Um, do everything that you want to do at home with minimal equipment. You need a rubber band, which you can order it, take a lot. Oh, the e-commerce people are having an absolute party right now. They are have not seen, they're laying in extra people, which is interesting. But I suppose in logistics, you still physically have to move goods. But the delivery people are having a ball. Things are picking up in that space simply because people are ordering online like never before, which is smart and good. And globally, it's definitely a trend. It might speed things up here and make things even better. So order everything online. Um, get your various, if you need a rubber band or a mat or a belt or whatever to do some exercise, very important. You should be doing as much exercise or, as, or stick to your exercise routine as much as possible. Yes, can't go to the gym or you don't want to go to the gym, whatever the case may be. So use technology. The apps give you a lot of body weight, plyometric, easy stuff to do that you can really get a great workout at home without going anywhere. As I said, just search for health apps in both the Play Store or the Google, the Google Play Store or the App Store on Android, and you'll find absolutely everything you need to get a great, great workout um, at home. And I think that's pretty much the most important things that you need to do. The biggest other challenge that all of us have got to have, or that we got, that we're going to have over the next little while, and especially uh, with the kids at home, is what do you do with your kids? You can obviously uh, use a technology to assist little kids. I've found that as much as people complain, you know, you don't want to give your kids too much FaceTime, and it's too important to keep them away from the screens. Well, I think this is one time, one period in the world where it's absolutely important to realize that a couple of weeks of extra FaceTime, a couple of weeks of extra playing on your iPad or the iPhone or the phone or the whatever it is, is going to make very little difference in the life of your kids. Use it. Use it as much as possible to keep the kids engaged, to keep them happy, to keep them busy. And then include them in your, your exercise routines. Go out into the garden, use your app and do the jumps and the runs and the the squats and the whatever it is that you do and keep them busy. That's probably the best, um, the best way to do a key to a home office is unfortunately structure. I know it's, you know, sort of very tempting. You're not working. You're not, you're not doing much. You're sitting at home. Um, you're not driving anywhere. It's sort of very tempting to just, you know, stay in your, your PJs all day and, and veg on the couch. But I don't think that's, that's, that's relevant. Use Pomodoro to set it. Pomodoro is an app that you can download on any smartphone, on your computer, to set times, set structures, use your, your alarms on your watches, use your alarms on your your um, computer, on your phone, to uh, and your, your diary, again, to set structures. So at 10 o'clock to 11 o'clock, you're going to do this, and share it with your colleagues, with your families, 
again, through the technology, it allows them to see your calendar and to do all this type of stuff to create massive structure in your life so that you don't start slacking and getting into a situation where, you know, unfortunately, you're not allowed. I've, I've said people shouldn't be spending too much time on Facebook and disseminating all this wonderful info they find out to share with their friends and family. Um, you shouldn't be doing too much streaming uh, on the on the, the, the Netflix channel. And all of this stuff needs to be used in a fairly smart, easy way to make things a lot easier for all of us. Because if you have to spend two, three weeks at home, and it looks more and more likely that um, this this coronavirus thing is going to be quite extensive. We're going to see it go on for many, many months. And there are going to be periods when you can get out. There'll be periods when you can't get out. And a lot of the entertainment venues are going to be shut. It's just going to be a challenging time. And using technology, using the the various tools that you've got, the the, the, the communication tools, using simply WhatsApp for, for whatever, just to talk to people, set up groups, knitting groups, sewing groups, uh, um, drinking groups for that matter. That'll be quite interesting how we can all have a couple of beers or a few whiskeys uh, and at what point we forget to talk to the screen. But anyway, that's another note altogether. The, the benefit is really you need connectivity. You're going to have to up your data requirements. If you're on an uncapped fiber or LTE per connection, you know, you're very lucky and it might be worth talking to your employer to get that made possible for wherever you are. And if you are on a cell phone and you can't have any of those other fancy connectivity things, again, speak to your employer or make provision. You're not spending money on petrol. You're not running around as much. Make provision to up your data to a point where you will be able to do all this type of communication and everything else that you need to do. And truthfully, you shouldn't take this opportunity for granted. It's going to give you time to spend with your family Spend at home. I've already started cleaning up certain things that I thought, well, I can't have this, you know, in my office. My shelves are a little messy. And on the Zoom calls, I don't want people to see that. So there's always a real positive to this whole thing. But structure, technology, the various apps, just do a little bit of homework on them. And I think we can turn this this holiday that we're all having due to COVID-19 into a super productive time to reconnect and, and relax and actually have a good time and do some business. And on that note, we're going to have a quick break. And then I'm coming back with um, a brilliant new device that I've been playing with for the last week or so, um, the new Samsung Galaxy S20 Ultra. I'll give you the lowdown on that and what my thoughts on the S20 range in general straight after this. This is Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose on 101.9 High FM. Well, welcome back. And as I said, the last couple of weeks, well, not even the last 10 days, I've been playing with the biggest, baddest, uh, technologically most advanced smart device on the planet right now. And that is the new Samsung Galaxy S20 Ultra. Obviously, the whole S20 range has now three models, the S20, the S20 Plus, and the S20 Ultra. And I asked for the S20 Ultra device because that is the one that embodies absolutely everything that Samsung are aiming to do in this year. Now, it's become really difficult in this global uh, race for high tech between the big players, and they were up till now, essentially Samsung, Apple, and Huawei, who came up extremely quickly, and up until May last year, certainly were challenging 
the other two for supremacy. In fact, Huawei for a short while became the number two producer of smartphones in the world. Unfortunately, as I've discussed on this show, Huawei has had a little bit of a, a spoke put in its wheels through the American banning of their technology and their lack of access to Google. But this has got nothing to do with that. The simple fact is that competition is good and competition forces companies to really get down and dirty and bring out products that you and I can enjoy and push the envelope with regard to what's out. And in the new S20 range, Samsung have done precisely that. The S10 range was already a tour de force of technology. And in the Android world, generally what I've found is that Samsung have a very simple philosophy. They're based on Android. They don't control the operating system. They do control the interface over the operating system, which is now called the One UI, which I believe has come a huge way and does an incredibly good job of making the phone easy to use and really functional. Uh, but on another note, you know, Apple control the hardware, the software, and they have an integrated approach that really is very, very difficult to beat. But what Samsung have always done is come out every year with technologies that are absolutely at the cutting edge of mobile. And they set the standard in many cases with that in mind. So the, the Galaxy S10 did this with the edgeless display, with the fact that there was no notch. The camera was built into a pin dot display, a pin dot hole in the middle of the display. The, 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 the waterfall, the, the rounded edges, great battery life, incredible speed. You know, so many technologies that you just take for granted and you just, you know, the average user just thinks, oh, wow, what a cool phone. But the S20 is actually in a world of incremental improvements, ratcheted smartphone design up a serious notch. Now, just from um, the basic point of view, the Samsung um the Samsung S20 Plus is an absolute beast of a device. It is essentially a 6.9-inch screened smart device. And at 6.9 inches, that's diagonal, it is basically a tablet. I mean, without <laughs> 7 and 8-inch tablets used to be sort of the norm. And this phone, despite the fact that it is still actually handleable because there is no bezel. In other words, the screen goes from edge to edge across the entire uh, front of the of the phone, 6.9 inches is huge. It's not a phone that you can really work with one hand. Though they've done a pretty good job of making it it possible, but generally for best use, you've got this massive device um, with a huge screen that you need two hands to effectively use. In South Africa, it comes with the Samsung Exynos 990 processor. Whereas in, in, in America, it comes with a Qualcomm Snapdragon 865 and either 12 or 16 gigs of RAM. In South Africa, we've got 12 gig RAM and the 128 gig storage. Little mingy, I think they should have gone up and, and made this 256 gig standard. But what, there are two key things. Apart from the fact that the processor is one of the fastest available currently bar the, the, um, processor that Apple use in their latest phones. It is certainly one of the fastest processors uh, around on the market. Good standout features that are around that because you can talk for hours, but is the quad camera set up on the back. It has a 108 megapixel wide angle uh, camera, a 12 megapixel ultra wide angle, a 48 megapixel telephoto lens. It is also a 
and um, in addition, it's got a pixel front face in and of itself, rear face, rear cameras on normal phones. And having used this camera setup, and this is today computational uh, photography is what it's called. It was something with 108 megapixels allowance of amounts of data into the camera. The trick is happening in the software. And Samsung have done the essence. This camera setup probably leads what Huawei and the rest will do in the rest of the year. But right now, there's absolutely nothing that can zoom to a hundred times zoom, that can um, take pictures with a level of quality and sharpness in normal, um, normal day-to-day situations quite like the Samsung does. Not to say that the other favorite of mine, which is the Ultra from um, the iPhone 11, it's not the Ultra, sorry, I've got Ultra on the brain, but the Max from iPhone, they also take amazing pictures. And, and generally on a smaller screen, you won't see that much difference between the two for normal day-to-day use. But use the zoom and get into somewhat more challenging conditions. The, the camera on the Ultra, the S20 Ultra, is without question one of the finest that I've used on a smartphone. And the zoom is genuinely useful. At a 100 times zoom, which is a combination of optical and the trickery of the the smartphone software, um, you are seeing detail that is just absolutely insane. It's quite crazy. It's really good. And that front 40 megapixel selfie camera is just insane. So in this world of Zoom and communication and everything that camera and this 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 S20 Ultra does that extremely well. The other thing that, that Samsung have done is they've put some 80 hertz screen on, on the S20 Ultra. And the benefit of that is simply smoothness. The screen refreshes at double the speed of the average screen of every other smartphone on the market. And unfortunately, there is one caveat. You cannot go to the highest resolution of the S20 Ultra using 120 hertz. But if you enable 120 hertz, it's worth every little bit of slight lack of resolution that you see by stepping down your resolution. So my advice, if you buy an S20, S20 Plus or an S20 Ultra, forgo the sharpest screen setting and stick to 120 hertz. It's amazing. It's smooth. It's fast. It's clean. It's just ridiculous. And Samsung have always made some of the best screens on the market, and this one is absolutely no difference. Just to round the whole thing up, it also comes with a 5,000 milliamp battery, which simply um, put means that you can go easily two days, despite the size, despite the screen. You can go easily two days with no problem um, on the battery. The battery life is pretty spectacular. It's got reverse charging, so you can charge your headphones. You can charge another phone. It's like carrying around a 5,000 milliamp power bank, which generally you can charge most phones once or twice. Um, so this, the battery life is absolutely insane. Um, again, the new to use that put a lot of the little Obviously, all apps tools available. You've got every single app. And Samsung have cut back on some of their bloatware and duplication. So it's a clean, simple install. The body is really solid. A little bit fragile, I do recommend you use a case. It's glass front and back. And except from Samsung at, unfortunately, an ultra price. 
costs really 30,000 Rand, depending on the options. So it starts at 26,999 and goes up from there. And um, on that note, we're going to have a quick break for uh, our sponsors. I'll be back around with two last little words around working from home. And uh, we'll be back after this. Your moments. This is Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose on 101.9 High FM. Welcome back. And just a, a wrap up on the Samsung S20 range. <clears throat> In my opinion, that for most people, the standard Samsung S20, which uses the exact same camera setup with the exception of the ultra, the ultra zoom, the hundred times zoom, um, is probably the best value. It's around 16,000 Rand. It has a 6.2 inch screen. Um, with the same processor, the same uh, quality screen, the same internals as the S20 Ultra at a much more affordable and a much easier uh, to handle device. The S20 Plus obviously steps that up to a bigger screen with, again, very, very top-notch camera, all the necessary that you need. But simply put, if you're in the market for a, a top-end phone at this present moment in time and you wish to stay within the Android space, which is now becoming extremely good uh, in, in general, and the latest version of Android really is easy to use and has all, all the, the features you could possibly want. This is by far the best Android product on the market in the higher end. Yes, you're paying for the features. Yes, you're paying for the build quality. Yes, you're paying for superior cameras, and there is a price to be made. But there are very few other, in my experience, um, devices on the market currently that can quite match the Samsung in its sort of price notch at the high end of Android. And if you simply want the most advanced mobile device in terms of camera, in terms of screen, in terms of battery life, in terms of memory, it's just ultra in every single respect. They've literally thrown the kitchen sink at this device. Um, it, then the S20 Ultra and you, you want, is, is the device for you. If, if cost is not the issue and you want simply the biggest, baddest and best, then this is without question the best device on the market currently. And a lot of the, um, a lot of what you, you get in the S20 Ultra is in the S20 and S20 Plus. So check them out. I think you'll be suitably impressed. There is absolutely uh, no question that they've really knocked it out of the park with a great range of devices that will stand you in good stead for quite a while. And on that note, I'm being told I have to wrap things up and get there, give it over to someone else. But until next week, same place, same time, probably still virtual using my technology. My home. This is Stephen Ambrose for Tech Talk right here on High FM.